0: Hello, hello, friends. Good morning. We are hanging out yeah. around the table again. We are <laughs> still. still. We're on like episode eleven of season two. All um, right. One more episode
1: imagine. and we're wrapping up season there's two. Season huh?
0: two. That'll be that'll be twenty-four podcasts. Oh. I mean, we gotta make it Woo. through twenty-three and then make it through twenty-four, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's <laughs> right. still
2: some race left to run here. That's pretty yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, for all of you listening, I am Aaron. I'm the campus pastor at Watershed. And I'm Bill, Campus Pastor at Celebration.
3: I am JB, campus pastor
0: fusion.
1: And I'm Darwin, the executive pastor here at Hardawake Ministries.
0: Yeah, if folks don't know, uh, I think we sometimes we make this assumption like people will know uh, Hardaway and kind of yeah. our structure. We're we're kind of a campus model. We've got yeah. three different worshiping communities yeah. that that make up the whole of Hardaway. So whole of that's yeah. why, yeah, we're all hanging out together. We get to study together, learn together, pray together, play yep. together. It's a beautiful thing. Podcast together. It is. So
1: but I think the <laughs> interesting thing about Hardaway that's different um and its model is that we're actually one church right, right. Mm-hmm. you know and so we um we tend to emphasize what we have in common um, even though each of our communities is unique in some way we um we actually play try to play to our similarities more than our dissimilarities yeah sure and, and I, it makes it fun
2: and we do that not by sending the same video stream to every campus if i no. might be that no. blunt but because we've worked
3: that out with three human beings yep and I think our system requires and maybe forces humility.
0: Here we go. That is the, I was thinking wow. the exact same I'm thing. Kidding. La, 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 la. <laughs> what do we need to make us work? Humility. And that brings us to this month's podcast uh. book, Humilitas. Humilitas, Ooh. a lost key to life, love, and leadership by John Dixon. Uh, a good old Australian who I believe now is at Wheaton. He's Wheaton. Wheaton College. So, oh, really? um, closer but, uh, than Australia. Yeah, hey. great thinker. We ran across him in our last podcast, yeah. his Undeceptions Un- podcast, um, and and I mentioned briefly. I, I came across this book. I came across him at the uh, Global Leadership Summit, the Willow Creek Global Global Leadership Summit, talking on leadership and in humility as a necessary component of leadership. Uh, he's a Christian and so um but I love his angle, right How he yeah. comes at it. This is a book anybody could read. uh you don't need to be a Christian to read. and yet how he references and brings in our faith um and how humility even comes about is is so uh incredibly important. So before we go kind of any further into that, just on the topic of humility why why is humility? Uh, an, interp- an important topic for us to talk about um, in regards to life, love, leadership. Use his uh, his title, um, mm-hmm. and why especially is this important for Christians living in the world today? So, humility why why is this important? Why is this important for us as Christians?
2: I think humility is at the heart of the gospel, and to live out. The gospel, we're going to need to really press into this. And I I think the culture is pulling away from that. We live in a very self oriented, uh, self expressive sort of thing. And and humility is part of what breaks, you know, that self breaks when you come to faith in Christ and there's someone more important than you. So those all touch into this humility that he's talking about all through the book.
3: And as someone who who models humility yeah. and, and love in a self-sacrificial way um, which yeah. was our sermon yesterday you know yeah. on the gospel ha- of mark
2: you know I mean? <laughs> have this mind which was also in Christ, Christ Jesus, Jesus. Yep. you know the philippians, philippians 2 passage yeah sure. and so
1: uh, yeah i when i when i think about a topic um, for me it summarizes the fruits of the spirit yeah and and it it, it describes our posture um, what our posture ought to be in the world, and and that humility is not weakness. Um, and, and so what I see going on around us is that the term humility is constantly being redefined and reshaped because we value it, but we don't value what genuine humility is um, because it's too it requires too much of a sacrifice on our yeah. part.
2: We want to redefine it to affirm who we are and what we are, whether we're humble or not. Right, right. And we
1: think we're enough that we can— redefine it. Yeah, so I remember encountering this book um, when it first came out. Um, it was – a close friend of mine gave me a copy of it who worked for Zondervan. He said, here, you need to read this. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite I'd take it. It's like this is a really good book that I need to read or you have issues in this area and you need to wrestle. <laughs> um, but um, but I'm forever grateful. I think it's it's one of those books that I that I read it and I really liked it. It was fun going back and reread it. It's, it's one of those books that has just kind of um, – over the years, I, I can't say that anything jumped out at me in 2011, 12 when I read it, when it first came out, but it's one of those books that's kind of done its its slow um, slow work in me um, over time, kind of like yeast moving through, and I, I found it incredibly valuable.
2: Yeah, I almost picture you could reread this book every five years Right, and it would strike you in fresh and new and helpful ways. It's- yeah, even
1: even the presence of the orange binder with Humilitas and white against orange and blue and white on my shelf served as this a, kind of weird, unique reminder. Is that a little hard I saw it.
0: having been at Kelvin for a little while in your career, and you got a little orange, blue, blue and white yeah. hope color? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Actually, my favorite shirt is a hope color shirt too. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I liked it just because I was at Calvin Good school. But I, you know, the, the, the <laughs> blue and orange I like better than the the maroon and whatever Calvin is. <laughs> you don't even know
3: the colors.
2: Boy, he, he, he's moved on. He?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this guy has moved on.
0: I think one of one of the things when I think about humility and just jumping back to how we started the podcast. I mean, watching humility having to work within like our environment here at Hardaway. The only way um, we can we can really share life together is through humility. Like, mm-hmm. um, this doesn't work. Our relationship together as four pastors working together. Um, you know, if we go the way of the world, it's my way or the highway, it's right. James and John who can sit on my right, who can right. sit on my left. It's ego. It's what happens, especially like for our campus, if somebody leaves our worship community, community goes to one of your guys, you know, like, it, our life together won't work if humility isn't at the heart. If we're not in this, and, um, to see others,
3: you know, like to yeah, to value others, right. to push others up, to so and the relation, the relationship with humility and love, mm-hmm. right, right, because along with humility, like and and they're they're linked. There's you know like, but to love one another. Like sincerely sure. love one another right. and want the best for one another, um, is is linked to that, you know. Yeah. And I think it's linked to humility. But too. I
1: think, but I think it's important to remember too it, that we don't have it entirely figured out. Oh gosh. no, by no means. You know, you know yeah. so it's, it's so the humility is not something that you um, you figure out and then you do.
2: Yeah, you master and you or pass the certification test. Pass right. the certification and test move on. It's,
1: it's a constant learning process, yeah. and it's um, um, and, that, and that's. Actually, the the most difficult part of it, and the most fun part of it.
0: Well, and you said it too. It, it's it's working on. I'll put it this way: it's working on me more than I'm working on it. You know, like, right? <laughs> it, it that, oh, yeah, the beauty of it. So, um, so speaking of humility, let's let's dive into his definition because as we talk, we've talked about this on the podcast before. How we use words is really important. How we understand um, definitions. Uh, so Dixon's uh, definition of humility is the noble choice to forego your status, deploy your resources, or use your influence for the good of others before yourself. More simply, you could say the humble person is marked by a willingness to hold power in service of others, to hold power in service of others. And then his uh, thesis for writing the book is the most influential and inspiring people are often marked by humility. So how does this definition just in, in his thesis resonate with you? Um is it something you agree with? Uh is it something that, you know, yeah. I mean, what what makes you tick? It's a
2: great guide for relationships, isn't it? Power in service of others, living for others. It I I was very taken that this was the foundation. You can see it worked through the whole book. It's very powerful.
1: It stands contrary to everything that I've ever been taught about what a leader ought to be. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, even in seminary. Yeah. You know, the strong type A leader, the one who's in control, who, the one who's in command, the one who's getting the troops to charge. Um, You know, and I when I first read this, I went, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> because it, it it's so counter to what we tend to value um, in in leadership, sure. And it's actually, to honestly, I in in my experience over the years, I've encountered not a lot of leadership that's been marked by humility.
2: Yep. yeah he he does a good job don't you think of of showing where it has shown up in those few places just like jim collins level five yeah leadership but level five leadership in jim collins book good to great is level five and the point of it being so powerful is few get there and right. few so, even want to get there
1: right so i mean I, and i say that is that that I have encountered it but the places I have encountered it have not been where I've expected to encounter it mm. fair enough
0: so humility in has tended to surprise surprise you in terms of where it shows up more than where we would expect it to yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i mean for for me it, it was my my first encounter with what i would say leadership marked by humility was the chief of the Black Mountain Fire Department where I served as a volunteer. Oh, okay. It wasn't in the church and it wasn't in Christian higher education.
0: Sure. I think for me, humility was marked by the, you just are nothing. It kind of, it comes back to... Humiliation. It, yeah, humiliation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my uh, my professor, Dr. Karen Jones, she uh, she con- she called it out. And she goes, yeah. Aaron... Th- you're being this false humble, you know, this false right. humility. She goes, you're not being humble because you're not bringing to the table what you have to bring to the table and it's not serving anybody. So right. that's false humility. And I was like, what? <laughs> right. I thought you're uh, not supposed uh, uh. to, you know, any accolade. I, so I grew up as a, my last name is Van Der Veen. So I'm a Dutch kid, oh, you know, yeah. um, and really? any, any sign of you, you know like i'm patting myself on the back is arrogance pride you know like so any nudging of using what you have right to to even bring it out for any purpose um yeah. you know is is a lack of humility it's so really just kind of be quiet it, this is my understanding nobody nobody straight up said this is how you should be it was how I formed my opinion. Yeah, that and, was the air you breathed. But but, it's, but then to realize, you know, when she had said that to me and then, finally, you know, yeah. diving into this book uh, was going, wait a second. No, God has gifted you. God is right. Um, kind of like the Undeceptions podcast, yeah. you know, when you're talking about, no, you have dignity. Um, right. Yeah, you can step into the sin side of it really easy, but you have some dignity that's meant for right and so, and I think that's a really important move is am I using it for the sake of others right
1: right so so german Jesus Jesus, not a German Jesus in a sermon on uses the, <laughs> uses the term meekness, and meekness is really defined not as weakness but as power under control, yeah right mm-hmm. and what he def- which he uses here just simply to deploy your resources or use your influence for the good of others, um, a willingness to hold power in service of others um so that's really a strength. Not right. Not a weakness. Yeah. And a, and culturally though we tend to see it as a weakness and not a strength.
3: Sure. And I and I think that relationship to power or the other the other word that's cycling in my mind is is security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Uh because I think some people who act out maybe in the most prideful ways or when I myself am acting prideful it's really rooted in insecurity. Right. Right. Right? right? Yep. I'm insecure yep. and so I have to Talk myself up, talk myself into that I'm worthwhile. Where like the most humble people are the most secure, I think. Right. Like sure. there's this, there's a security, this confidence of of who they are, where that's coming from. Therefore, they can, they cannot be the most important person in the room or perceived that way. Right. That kind of interplay between is, right. is striking me right now. Yeah.
2: And this brings me back. I love his definition. It's the noble choice to forego your status, assuming you have some status. Right. right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Deploy your resources. You've you got have. some resources. Absolutely. And the give, those resources, our greatest resources are grace. They're gifts.
1: Well, I think it, it goes back to the, the idea that, that for, for humility to actually be there in a genuine sort of way, you have to – you have to believe that there is a god and god is at work in the world and there's a narrative there's things being accomplished there and, and that you're a part
3: of that and i think in that way even someone who from a world standpoint has no resources power or influence can actually be humble right because their confidence can be in something transcendent right yeah, the, um and, and their, their resources are a different exactly source. Right. exactly their sure. status is
2: secured from a different place right yeah, um, yeah. Paul said, "Don't think more highly of yourself." But and you where are. God is gifted, mm-hmm. trust God. Where God is called, go for it. Yeah, and use it for others.
0: Well, I'm interested as as you read through the book. I mean, if there was something you'd highlight, because each chapter had kind of a different aspect yeah. of humility. Um, I'm just I'm interested in what grabbed your attention most. What What was something as you went through it this time that you go you know what this was a really this chapter really identified a a good core aspect of humility i loved i loved table.
2: all his stories and i loved his historical perspective he yeah. he was he was really rounding out uh, the experience of humility and what that would look like by capturing these great great stories plus he was a musician he played in a band yeah. i loved it
0: He learned the didgeridoo. The didgeridoo.
2: (laughs) Only an Aussie would celebrate that. How cool. I know.
1: (laughs) So I'll I'll jump in here on on page 106. This is something that just kind of jumped out at me. Um, I I think the book worked itself out in me in a a little different way than this, but I think this this quote. um, Either Jesus was not as great as they had first thought, his crucifixion being evidence of his insignificance, Okay, so crucifixion was not a popular way to die and it was humiliation. So um, his crucifixion was evidence of his insignificance, only, you know, he didn't matter. Or the notion of greatness itself had to be redefined to fit with the fact of his seemingly shameful end. So how do you make sense of his crucifixion? And then he goes on to say, um, Christians, for them the crucifixion was neither evidence of Jesus' humiliation... But proof that greatness can express itself in humility, the noble choice to lower yourself for the sake of others, and um, I, I guess how that struck me in in, in this way, um, um, I have an I have kind of and people have shared with me I have an unkind of uncanny ability in, in encountering a difficulty, or or a problem. Um, to kind of see three, four five, or six, seven steps down the road and and I have uncanny ability often to see that very quickly yeah. um and 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 it's a it's an uncanny ability it's a gift i don't know what to make of it I sometimes feel like it's a curse um but i've struggled throughout my life with that and the ability of and trying not to run over people um you know, to, to pause and to listen and to process it with people and, and to hear um, their concerns and, and their hopes. I mean that's kind of where I've, I've struggled, power yeah. under control. Because my tendency has been, yeah, I see this. Let's go. And <laughs> why aren't you with me? Where, right. where are you? Catch <laughs> um, up. Um, catch up. And, mm-hmm. and I think as I, as I looked at that and as I reflected on that passage, it's like how do you, how do you hold these two things together? You know, and and that humility is actually what allows you um, t- to navigate um, the gifts that God has given you, um, and also the weaknesses that sometimes come with those gifts. Sure, um, that are inherent because we live in a fallen world.
2: Right. Yeah, gifts will have both sides, and both,
1: and and, and realizing yeah. that gifts have both sides was a long and hard battle um, for me. Um, but how do you that humility is a, is what allows you to bridge that. Yes, I see things that you may not yet see. And I don't have to tell you that. <laughs> um, at the same time, how do I invite you into a conversation and, and to help you understand, and back to his thing with the leadership, I think this is why it's so important, that persuasion is so important. Yeah. How do you listen well and, and then engage people in a conversation that helps them see the way forward as well? So that, that yeah. that's my takeaway.
0: Well, I think it's interesting too that, I mean, you, you went back to Jesus and right. he'll say historically, yep, right. right, this is the shifting point right. uh, where humility, because humility wasn't valued No, oh, no, oh uh, in the Greco-Roman world. It was no. all about how do I establish my, my accolades, my accolades awards so that when I, do, you know, my name lives on my legacy. Right. How do I those, use
1: people to, to serve and,
3: and to help advance that? Yeah. Right. And that was a chapter that struck me, you know, that, yeah, that. Humility was not a virtue. Yeah. Um, but it was through you know Christ that it became this yeah. virtue. Um which is, is kinda hard to wrap your mind around because it's like it 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 is a virtue today in many ways, maybe not to the same extent, but um well it's interesting. It's always yeah. been part of my reality. Yeah. So to think that it wasn't always that way, um, you know. The yeah. world's bigger than me. I guess that's a lesson in rea- in humility too. You know? Sure. <laughs> so, so we're inheritors of something mm-hmm. that's
2: marvelous, and we want to good be good preservers, and that's going back to the source, and that's Jesus to pass on this because He does do the historical work to give you the sense of oh my, what would it look like in a world led where their humility was not valued? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I know uh, one chapter chapter ten really hit me. Harmony why humility is better than tolerance um he, he says on uh, page 167 humility applied to convictions does not mean believing things any less right. it means treating those who hold contrary beliefs with respect and friendship mm-hmm. and you go why wow. you know again kind of in this world that says if you don't agree with me you're off i want nothing to do right. with you um, that there, there's no humility in that, right? Mm-hmm. When we, when we cancel others, when we say you're, if you're not with me, then you can't possibly, there's no humility in that. Mm-hmm. It There's insecurity. Use that word, JB, you know, kind of diving back and it's like, wait a second. No, intolerance is not, I just have to put up with you. <laughs> right. That that's not going to get you there either, mm-hmm. but humility being this sort of great equalizer that says, wow, i man i i I don't have to lose my conviction right um and 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 how many times in my own life where I go wait a second if um, you know if I'll use my my family I, I re- have a lot of respect for my older sister she and I have a lot of similarities as pastors as thinker you know like and yet we hold some differing theological positions mm-hmm. uh I've become better though uh, like I've grown by being in relationship and conversation with her right I haven't necessarily changed my position right but because of how she thinks and the better I understand her uh, and I, I, I hope the reverse would be the same um, but I'm never gonna speak for her <laughs> but for me to be able to say yeah I, I've I, I've become better while still being able to hold to my convictions. I've grown because of our relationship. I can hear her and understand her, and and and, and my life is richer having her in it. Right. Um, and we're not, you know, and she's my big sister. Rock on, you know, like that works too. Um, and and so that's, I think, that harmony goes. Uh, yeah, this is bigger than maybe our theological position, which. Two in the church is really easy to separate ourselves off of. Um, And again, I I think it just, it goes back to where am I grounded? Where am I rooted? It doesn't mean I have to give that up. It doesn't mean that if I listen to you, this is going back to our last podcast, you know, if I listen to you somehow I'm, I'm, I'm even giving up what I believe or, you know, (laughs) um, so. Well,
3: and I think he does, and that's part of what the book does, a beautiful job, like giving like logical reasons for why humility is of value. And and I think that what you just said is related to I think it was chapter 7 on growth mm-hmm. that the humble leader, the humble person has room to grow because you realize you don't have it all sorted out. Right. And that's what I hear you saying in your talks with your sister and and I reflect on talks I've had with people who we might disagree at like it forces you to think of maybe your own position from different angles or you know and and you have to grow and you have to you have to learn and, and that's such an important thing of not just leadership, but, but life, you life, know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and it goes back to even like when we're working on, you know, for people listening, we work on the same, you know, usually same the text. same text every yeah. week. And, it's not coming in to our, our weekly meeting conversation around it where we're like, hey, look at, you know, let me puff my chest. Let me I've puff I've got the my best chest. one. Y'all listen to me. First, and right. third rankings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'm like, I usually come in with the worst one. What you got? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's being able to go, wow. If, if I can understand it, you guys are, I'm going to bring my best to the table. You're bringing your best to the table, you know, and it's like how many more times am I walking away with something better than what I walked in with because I can say, listen, I don't know everything about it. You have a unique way of looking at the text. JB, you've got a unique way of looking yeah. at the text. And yeah. when that happens, man, we become so much more.
2: Yeah. I, I walk in with a note. I leave
0: with a chord, at least in my mm, mind, three good- different
2: notes that that work together.
0: Yeah, so for the non-musicians out there, uh, yeah. a chord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's something richer that's and beautiful. more beautiful. yeah, it's no, yeah. a beautiful image. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. So with this being a book on leadership, he talks about the role of leadership, and he picks um, like these four sort of traits um, that go into leadership, four tools of leadership. Um, ability, authority, example, persuasion, ability. Authority, example, and persuasion. He says you need all four of these tools. To him, though, um, the two most important from ability, authority, example, and persuasion are example and persuasion. When it comes to influencing, to leadership, um, yeah. Do you you agree with him? You disagree? Uh, what What do you think?
1: Oh. <laughs> I I agree with him, to be honest with you. And and I've seen it lived out and as I mentioned earlier with the fire department and the chief there um, where it was very much um, example and persuasion um, and how he responded to things. Um, I still remember the planning session um, um, where we were working on a new fire truck and I asked a question, um, we were talking about um, lighting on the fire truck, um, emergency lighting, and I asked a question. I had only been on the department for like a year and the stupid new guys asking a dumb question. And, you know, he he paused. He then went um, and valued the question um, and then spent time explaining um, Department of Transportation regulations and North Carolina Department of Transportation <laughs> regulations as well as wiring and electrical systems um, of why what was feasible and what was not feasible. Um, I left feeling not very smart, but I left understanding why we were doing what we were doing. Yeah, um, And I, and I have to say in my role as um, executive pastor, um, so I'm going to get a long here, is that um, persuasion and example are critical. Um, I should only have to pull authority. I am the executive pastor and therefore we are doing this um, in the midst of a crisis or of, um, A situation in which high conflict resides, Um, and if I if I cannot fulfill my responsibilities—no, how I said that—fulfill my responsibilities through persuasion and example, then then there are other issues that need to be addressed.
3: Well, and I think authority, for sure, in our modern context, has lost its kind of place of influence. You know, Um, like I think about as a parent, like. It doesn't even work with my kids that much because I said so, right? You know, like that. That just they want to know why. You know, they
1: <laughs> why Jv because why I said so yeah. is not a
3: satisfactory. Why can I not have ice cream for of dinner, who Dad? I am. Yeah.
1: Why can't I have ice cream for dinner, Dad?
3: Well, and then I don't say anything, and then he thinks that's yes. And that's, <laughs> anyway, squirrel. <laughs> I'm going to have
1: Bryson ask that next week.
2: But, but you see the way humility plays out in parenting. I thought that was a – I'll redeem the squirrel. Thanks, what does Phil. it mean to, <laughs> to, to have authority in a child's life?
1: Well, well I think it, it's important to differentiate um, authority from respect. Fair. Um, so this is, this is kind of um, – again, my age is showing. But I can't remember um, beginning the teaching at, at the college level um, a long time ago. And no student would have presumed to call you by your first name. you were either doctor or professor, whatever sure. the title was appropriate and and that's when I started and i'm I'll just say I started around 1989 yeah. um, by the time I finished teaching full-time at the undergraduate level um, in 2005, um, students assumed it was okay to call you by your first name mm now so 15 again, years so so respect so authority and respect are not the same things though they they do play off of each other in some ways sure sure i tell you something that i've thought
2: as i looked at this was how Example and persuasion, in a sense, become the the grist for the mill that gives you capital in authority. Right. That if people have seen your example, if they've been persuaded that interaction, I see persuasion and interaction. Let me right. give you my rationale. Then they're willing to grant more and more authority. So they seem connected in that way to me. But
1: but authority doesn't have to deal with status. So so I think back in, in during my time with the fire department, I, I moved up through the ranks. Um, there were other individuals in the department who um, who had no interest in moving up the ranks. They were just content. But um, they were experts in certain areas of firefighting or in rescue or in that. And so even in intense situations where rank gave you certain authority, um, you were always wise if you understood the, what these people brought to the table to defer um, – to them in your decision-making processes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. again, I think it's, it's that what, what he's after here in humility and leadership um, allows for that. Most yes. modern conceptions of leadership and authority don't allow for that. You have to be the expert in everything. Yeah, and that somebody else has
2: an expertise becomes a threat to my
1: expertise and to authority. Rather than how do I tap that expertise for the good of the organization or or the good of the ministry.
3: But I think—I mean, I I, think—I do agree with him as well. That example and persuasion would be top. Yeah. And, I mean, even as a parent, like, I I mean, I think about I want to model. I want to be an example to my kids, like, and if they're behaving like my poor example— you know, I, like just the the modeling things is so important in leadership. I, I think, and um, so I think that one's incredibly important. I see that in mm-hmm. parenting, but also as a pastor, and um, so for sure that one. Um,
0: yeah, shouts, I I know. think as I reflected on the four, I mean, all four of them, depending on kind of the role in the organization, right, are or, important. The setting in the moment, the context. When I look at you can have leadership without ability and without authority if you have example and persuasion. Right. Mm-hmm. That that to me was how I ended up, kind of how I came at it was right. going, even if I don't have authority and I may not have a whole lot of ability, um, I think in a future podcast we've been talking about, um, uh, it was inventing- Anna, Anna Delvey. Yeah, yeah. Anna <laughs> Delvey. Here's somebody like inventing Anna, right? And, yeah. Uh, going- uh, here's somebody who really didn't do, had no authority, had, didn't really seem to have much ability in regards to like what they were doing in life. Now I'm not long in the story, but man, could they, persu- could, could she persuade people? Could she, you know, yeah. how she lived, like uh, uh, how she could man- already what I'm seeing, how she could move and manipulate people right? without necessarily having a, any kind of quote unquote. Position, and 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 again, I was I was blessed. I think when I was at Maplewood, um, pastor there for ten years, to have an associate pastor and a um, a calling pastor who both and started ministry within me being like two years of age. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had more more wisdom, more information. You know, like. And yet, they both led from the second chair. They right. they both, without having the authority, now they had ability, um, but not having the abil- the authority in the organization. You know, they led though, and who they were, how they how they showed up, both Carl, you know, and and Doug, and and it's like, yeah, yeah, what what great examples of being able to say who you are matters so much more than what you can do, right? Um, because we're people. We we we're moved with our hearts and with yeah with our heads, but man, we're moved first by our hearts. When I read all those stories, you know, like my favorite story in this whole book is that um, Sir Edmund Hillary. Right, and partly because I love watching all the documentaries on Everest and all the Partially climbing, all the stuff I'll, I'll never climb do Everest that
1: I'm never going to be able to fulfill.
0: See, that's your dream. I'm just like, dude, I'm never going to do it. But it's fun to watch it. And my dream is to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> right, but he has this great, you know, like example of where you know some climbers ran across him and it, they they hand him an ice pick and he's yeah. not holding it right. If they're getting ready for a pitcher. and then some other. Climber has no uh, understanding of who he was, but he's gonna just butt in and like, here, let me turn this for you to get it right. And and Edmund Hillary's like, okay, sure, you know, just this humility. But that kind of person, I mean, it's I, I'm man, I'm they're magnets, right? Right? They draw me. I and and I I go back to like our role as pastors, you know, and oftentimes you go, yeah, I I want to preach a good sermon. There's no question. I, you know, I. But at the end of the day, all I can be for people is is just a legit person, um, right. who I am. I, I can, I can show you what my heart is. You know what my what I value that I value Jesus more than anything, right? Um, and I'm hoping that who I am will will make folks go, man, that's my pastor, right? Not. How good I am on Sunday morning, and for twenty minutes, you know, uh, yeah. I, while I want to do that well, I, I you know, the, at, as a pastor, I go. I want to. I want to I wanna bridge that. I want people to want to, you know, be in relationship with me, so I can share yeah. Jesus in a real, you know, in a dynamic and a tangible way. That yeah. that goes, man. This changes your life. So that reminds what, me what, of what. What yeah. Tim
3: Brown said in our pe- in our preaching class, like for most people, their favorite preacher is their pastor,
0: mm. yeah.
3: like the one who sat with them in a right. the hospital room. And anyways, but, but the idea right. is that
1: that the, the text has to to that that when we do preach, is that the text has taken root in us, right? Yeah. And that that we're helping people to understand how it's taken root in us and ways that it can take root in their lives. Um, and it's not, we're standing up and saying on Sunday morning, um, this is how the text ought to take root in your life, but it, this is how it's taken root in my life. This is how it's shaped and it's molding me. And, and this is how it can also take root in your life. Yeah. Sure. And so it goes back to that, that it, I think preaching with humility.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, because I think where, where people get really frustrated in church, if I can hazard a guess, is is when they sense that the text hasn't taken root in, in their pastor's life in a way that they think it ought to. They don't see it taking root in their yeah. lives. They, they see the delivery of a message, of a sermon, of an idea. academic discourse, an idea. Sure. So sure. how is it taken root?
0: We've talked a little bit in the podcast about examples that have impacted us, influence. Uh, just maybe a few other examples of, you know, humility in leaders, whether it's the position, the person who's had the position, um, or maybe it wasn't, but somebody that you followed because they're a humble, pr- you know, their humility just uh, you, it was a magnet for you to go, yeah, man, I just keep. Kind of learning from you, growing with you. Um, who who do you have in mind? I mean, I mentioned I'll, I'll I'll jump off. I mean, I mentioned Doug. You know, I mentioned Carl. I go back to um, Rich, who was the owner of the golf course that I grew up working on. Uh, eight years from the time I was ten till eighteen. Um, and when I look to actually a model of leadership, he's he's probably the most influential leader in my life. He gave the keys to a Caterpillar D6 bulldozer, <laughs> excavator, uh, you know, D4 high track uh, to a kid who didn't even have a license and said, you know, hey, I want you to shape this fairway. I want you to, to as we're redesigning this mom and pop golf course, family owned business, you know, he, he just, he let middle schoolers, high schoolers not only learn to work. But to have investment, um, I mean, this is his life, right? This is his family's life. This is his future. If if we screw up, you know, my brother, myself, um, Zach, and others who are all part of this, you know, this team, um, like we mess up his life, and yet, in trusting us, in allowing us to fail, you know, he'd give us a chance to to go again, and instead of going, hey you know, you're never allowed to do that again. He'd go, what did you learn from this? Right. Um, He, the way, the way he led us, who he was as he, you know, as an owner, as our boss um, was, I mean, to this day, my brother will come home from Australia, make sure, you know, one of the people he meets with is rich um, to catch up. You know, it's been a a few years since we've last talked, um, but yeah, and just somebody who I go man this this level of humility to go i I've got all the power, but listen i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna probably the most important work I have is to to teach you and lead you and and let you grow, and we're gonna be better for it if I lift you up um so I mean rich is probably one of the the key people outside of Jesus. So
3: <laughs> it's good company. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I just kind of reflecting I, on this question. Thank Thank you for asking it. I, you know, right now it's been a, in the last several years, it's been a tough season for pastors and I've, mm. and I've seen a lot of people that I, I know and care about kind of leave full time ministry or, or people kind of, yeah, being hurt or, um, and I, just reflecting on my own life, I like I feel—I don't know what the word is—spoiled or blessed that the examples that I had um, growing up. It was my dad, and a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the, like humility is often behind the scenes, so it's in the things you you don't see. And so um, I think for me, like that he was my dad, and he just happened to be the pastor. Was um, something that that was was huge, and then even even like little things that people don't even know. Um, when he considered taking another call, when my brother was in high school, and and decided that that was—I mean, there were other things, but but one of the things was to to take my brother away. So like he made sacrifices for the family um, when he left a call after twenty-five years. How he left. Um, not saying things but about the church or how things maybe were handled poorly because how do you handle that? everything perfectly as a church? You know, sure. we don't. Um, but it was like, I, I want to leave and and have, you know, like, so things people don't even see. Um, And then I think for like 10 and a half years with Pastor Bob, like um, the fact that, you know, pe- things people didn't see, you know, wrestling with, with, with growing closer to, to Jesus and praying together on Tuesday mornings, um, him trying to to see me thrive, um, and, and now even here in this group, you know, like like where I feel loved, I I feel supported, I feel like I'm I'm not on an island. Um, has been a huge gift and blessing, and I don't yeah. I. I love what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and that seems to be a rare thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because God has surrounded me with a lot of examples of, of humility. But That's
0: awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm fortunate
2: that as I reflected on this question, a really good one, my dad, my own father, earthly father, came to mind. And um, I never once thought growing up that my dad went to work. For self-fulfillment. He went to work because that's how he, his part of the team raising us, mom and dad, that's how he took care of us to raise us. And my dad was not a real talker, not real persuasive, but boy, the example just shaped and shaped in ways I didn't follow. I mean, he was a dad. I had to do what he did, you know, what he told me to, but his example just told again and again. Uh, where, who I am, where I should go. I remember uh, our family pulling in to gas up on a long driving trip and, and we would only gas, put gas in the car when uh, it was empty. So he stopped, he started filling it up and then he discovered that this gas station had a men's room, a women's room and a colored room and he stopped and he put the gas and went and paid for it and we're all running wondering what's the deal here and he said we don't buy gas from
1: people like that
2: and it wasn't till later that I began to figure out why right. that was the thing we're called to do but boy I saw it and years later I just remember whoa he wouldn't even fill up the gas tank wow mm-hmm. yeah example yeah, yeah I'm
1: yeah, I, I like like you, the rest of you, my dad, to some degree. Yeah, um, especially later in life before he passed away. Um, I have you, to. You get to understand their leadership. Yeah, understand your struggling understand with your old, own parenthood. Old, you know, later on, and, <laughs> and, and, as, and and actually walking through the challenges that we faced with my youngest brother. Um, I, as I mentioned, the, the chief of the fire department. The other guy was um, actually was um, through high school. Um, my dad's best friend was a marine patrol officer for Miami Dade um, mm, Police okay. Department, and I used to spend a Saturday or two a month riding on the marine patrol boat with him um, in Biscayne Bay, Miami, and just—oh, cool. Well, it was—I got sent yeah. down below a couple times because of um, potential gunshots, <laughs> but <spread up. laughs> right. you know, but it, it was just to, to watch this older, watch this this professional. Um, just talk. We just talked about, you know, future and that kind of stuff. It was just really good. And then I have to think, um, a really quick story. Um, the former teacher of the L. Nelson Bell Bible class at Montreal. I'll just use his first name, John. Um, I attended a, a conference um, when I was in North Carolina at the, the Billy Graham Center, and it was terrible. And I wrote this review of the conference that was rather scathing. Um, and I remember um, he called me in because I knew him. And he's like, okay, let's talk this through. And I talked it through with him. And 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 his humility, he sat there and said, you're entirely right and I agree with you. And there was a lot that was bad about this conference, wrong about this conference. Um, and then he refunded my funds. I didn't even care about the refund at that point. It was just like someone, you know, he heard me and he heard the concerns. And I think those kinds of things have sh- you know, in my propensity to want to run ahead, they're the things that have taught, helped me learn to to slow down and to try to listen well. Note, I said try to listen well, um, because I try. Um, and if my wife were here, um, she'd probably say you don't try hard enough. But um, <laughs> you know how that goes.
0: <laughs> so humility, humilitas, uh, the noble choice to forego your status, deploy your resources, or use your influence. For the good of others before yourself, more simply to hold power in service of others, the willingness to hold power in service of others. Guys, thanks uh, for this conversation on John Dixon's book, Humilitas, A Lost Key to Life, Love, and Leadership. Um, Yeah, again, if you want to kind of hear more of our podcast, the Fear and Trembling Podcast, you can go to fearandtremblingpodcast.com. Um, next time uh, for our last episode episode 24 we did make it through 23 All so right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna be diving into um pastor Bill bill your uh your your Yoda my gospel, uh, Yoda. gospel Yoda Tim Keller uh, he he has a newer book forgive why should I and how can I um I thought this is gonna be an interesting topic to journey in not only you know, as Christians, we're called to forgive. God forgives us. Um, but, you know, takes humility, doesn't it? Um, yep. So it'll be interesting to dive in. Forgive by Tim Keller will be our next yeah. next book, but this was Humilitas by John Dixon. And I am Aaron. I'm Bill. I'm JB. And I'm Darwin. And this is the Fear and Trembling Podcast. <laughs> oh, God's peace with y'all.